this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Not we, yes, we, the team, the team of people who make these podcasts possible. When we started podcasting 17 or 18 years ago, this was a new phenomenon, and now everybody's podcasting. There's sometimes when I think I want to be unique enough to say, what's next, Lord? I'm done with podcasting. But it has been an incredible opportunity for us to continue doing what we've done for many years, actually several decades, encouraging women in the four main areas of their life, who they are as women, women of faith, women seeking more faith, who they are as wives, mothers, and homemakers. And in this series that we have been walking through the last few weeks, Home is Holy Ground, it has come so fresh to me that it is Home is Holy Ground. But as we talked before, home is you. Home is your heart. Home is what happens there. It's not about the drapes and the floor covering and the furniture. It's about what's going on in this very hallowed holy place. And we've talked about many places in the house. We've talked about the fact that we looked at the mother of the heart. We looked at the entry in the living room, the door and the four walls. What a home is not. I know it's not a laundromat or a schoolroom, the kitchen. And today we come to the bath, to the bath. Are you really going to do a whole podcast on the bath? I am. It's shorter, but when I was delving into this material, I thought this is significantly important to us in a deep sense. So I'm going to talk to you about home is holy ground in the bathroom. Now, I invited you who listened to us to take part in my thank you, my thank you to you, the ministry's thank you for listening And we wanted to offer something for those of you who have been listening to us for a long time. And here's what we'd like you to do. We'd like you to invite your friend to become our friend. Just simply that. Call up a friend and say, will you listen to Modern Homemakers just one time? Maybe they'll get hooked, but one time, and then ask them to send us an email that's found on our website saying, I'm listening from Tucumcari, New Mexico, America. That's all they have to do. And after you've made that invitation, will you send us an email with your mailing address? And I'm going to send you a copy of this wonderful book that has not been published before by Elizabeth Elliot called Suffering is Never for Nothing. Now, if you subscribe to us, you're going to get an email about this as well. If you don't subscribe to us, could we encourage you to do that? We send a couple of things a year, period. We're not the daily reminder to listen to Modern Homemakers. I would never allow that because I don't like it in my own spirit. And I think our team would agree with me that we are not going to bug you daily, weekly even. Maybe monthly starting in the new year, but nothing more than that. So subscribe. When you subscribe, you become a part of our metrics. And our metrics do make a difference to the Ministry of Podcasting. So as we draw near to the end of this series, Home is Holy Ground, uh, during the pandemic of 2020, 
we'll finish these additional pieces of Home is Holy Ground in more of an unusual way than we began. We've talked about you, the heart of the home, the door. What does a doorway say? Does it close door, don't come in? Is it an open door? You're invited. The dining room. I've heard from a number of you that the dining room helped you ponder and look at how you serve all meals a little differently. We're going to talk about the bedroom next, so get ready. And we're going to talk about the bedroom on July 3rd. So it's going to be fireworks at your house in the bedroom over the 4th of July weekend, or at least I hope it will. So Tom Howard, whose book has really influenced me, Tom Howard was Elizabeth, is Elizabeth Elliot's brother. He's a regal man. I never saw him anything but a starch white shirt and a tie, his pants perfectly pressed with a belt and a shirt tucked in. He was not a casual man. I keep saying was because Tom is uh, still alive on this earth, but like his sister, um, is not able to communicate with us in the way he once did. He's a brilliant man. Did I say that? He's a brilliant man. There wasn't a subject that I didn't want to engage in conversation with Tom Howard, and it was a matter of simply getting him started. He had so many things to say that were about important areas. He was a professor at Gordon-Conwell College for decades. He contributed theologically to our culture in significant ways. And if you want to read any of his work, just go to your website and look up Tom Howard. So he throws a wrench in some of my thinking, and maybe yours too, because he brings a different piece to it, the drama of charity. That's his quote, the drama of charity. Uh, I just paused and took a big gulp. Charity is kind of a drama, isn't it? And in the next two times we're together. I'm going to talk today about the bathroom and his twist on some things that have to do with nakedness and public versus private is, is quite astounding to me because he brings it always back to how we're created and what is central to who we are. Not about our culture, not about what is proper or not proper, but central to who we are. You know, and really, if we were to take this bodily function that happens in the bathroom, it should be in the central part of the house. It should be open wide because it's essential to our well-being. And here we are in the pandemic. How many times have you been told, I don't care how old you are, wash your hands more. That's what you do in the bathroom. Go to the bathroom and wash your hands before dinner. Don't you say that to your children who've been out in the mud and don't know the difference? We go to the bathroom to cleanse our bodies, whether it's a shower or a tub. I'm a tub girl. My husband's a shower guy. We go to the bathroom to cleanse our body. It's essential. In this pandemic time when we talk about essential and not essential, I think the bathroom is essential. And then, of course, we go to the bathroom to cleanse our bodies, to get rid of things in our body that, if they stayed in our bodies, would kill us. Would kill us. 
that toxic waste that's building up inside of you would kill us. It's essential, and most certainly, it's healthy for us. Yet we hide, or at least use it and do it, behind closed doors. Maybe there's something in shame about that. Things we should not be doing, or at least not parading around the house, happen in the bathroom. I don't know. Someone said to me, I always pick my nose in the bathroom because there's no one there. And I thought, too much information, too much information. I'd really like to ask that question, though. I'd like to know how many people actually pick their nose, but they do it in private so no one sees them. You know, when little children are little, they put their finger up their nose and they're trying to dig out those boogers. And we say, no, 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 and don't eat your boogers. For sure, don't eat your boogers. So maybe the question is really... Does everyone, anyone, have a right to see? Is what's yours mine and vice versa? Perhaps the high level of pornography and divorce would be lessened if we were all out in the public. Maybe if the public saw how we behaved in the privacy of the bathroom or in the privacy of the bedroom. Maybe if Everyone could hear your husband say what he says to you in the privacy of the bedroom or you say to him in the privacy of the bedroom. We might treat each other better. For those of you who know Donna Otto and the Ministry of Homemakers, whether it was Homemakers by Choice or Modern Homemakers, you've heard me tell the three light story more than once. Because I found that David's life, when he was working full time, there was never any time to talk about important things. He rose early. We all did. We had breakfast together. We all did. When my nieces and nephews and sister-in-law lived with us, we were all up and at the table in time to have breakfast together. So, Boompa, Uncle Dave could go to work. David could go to work. That was his routine. Well, couldn't talk to him in the morning about it. Couldn't talk to him all day because he was working. When he came home from work, he needed some downtime, and I made that an important ritual of our home. He came in the door. He had 30 minutes. I had a little cheese board with some cheese and crackers and an apple, and he could do whatever he wanted for 30 minutes, and he did. He'd sit down, read, sometimes watch the news, but in 30 minutes, he was ready and on for the family or whatever activities were the rest of the night. But when we got to the bedroom, I would say, could we talk? He'd say, I'm so tired. And I would say what I just said to you. Well, you're tired in the morning or getting ready for work. You're working all day. You come home, you get your, we have the evening events. There's no time to talk about important things. I want to talk about it now, I would say. And he would say, I don't want to talk about it now. And we had this little routine. When he didn't want to talk anymore, he would turn the light off. Switch, light off, room dark. That was a cue for me to be quiet. Well, after he did that a few times, I thought, I can turn the light back on. So I would turn the light back on. And if we really were saying things in our bedroom that if we had said in public, we might not have said, it could be a three-light nighter, a three-light turn-it-on night. I think about this public and private, and I think of a young woman who I've had the privilege of knowing for many years, before her children, during her children, and now as her children are adults. And at the point where the children were all engaged in computer work at home, to help this public-private thing, 
they took a room in their house and reconstructed it and put desks all around the edges of the room and everybody had a space to work with a computer and a desk, a computer and a desk, computer and a desk, five, all around the perimeter of the room. And when you went into the room, everybody could see what everybody's screen was saying. Nothing private about that. No teenage boy going to turn on the porn switch and watch something he shouldn't be watching because everybody could see it. I thought that was so smart. There's always been something I should not see or touch. You know, the virgin goddess Diana. I mean, she was to be seen but not touched. Or the Ark of the Covenant with golden rings and poles. Remember what happened to Uzzah, who put his hand out to save the ark? Remember what happened to him? Zap, gone. There's always been things that we were told we should not touch. In my gynecologist appointment recently, I was holding forth, and um, you both would have been, everybody would have been shocked about the conversation we were having. Yet at a doctor's appointment with his, in my being in his office, in his theater, so to speak, you know what you do when you go to a gynecologist. You get up on the table and you put your feet in those stirrups and he has little bunnies and animals on the stirrups. I said to him several times, that doesn't help this. And the first time I ever had an appointment with a gynecologist, I was a late teenager. My cycles had always been very irregular, and my mother took me to see the gynecologist. And he looked at me over the drapery, and he said, if you don't look, I won't look. And we laughed out loud. Because this doctor has to look. There's no shame in that. That's what a doctor does. What is it that happens? Recently, very recently, since the pandemic, I had to see my specialist, and I went into his office, and I'm literally laying on his table in that position. I have a mask on my face. And I started to laugh out loud. I have a mask on my face while he is looking at the most private area of my life. Well, I don't know where all this nakedness and embarrassment. I think about Elizabeth, who I've been thinking a lot about in these last days, and the Ecuadorian tribe that she served. They were naked unless they had a string around their waist. Did you hear me? A string. Like, go and pick up any string. And that was their protection. And if they didn't have their string on, they were embarrassed. There was shame in not having your string on. So it's culturally, we make up whatever it is. Does it go back to the garden with, in Eden? When covering was not necessary of any sort, whatever. If you are to correctly interpret the scripture, they did not ask you to wear gloves or hats or aprons, large or small. When did we lose the ability to be open with God and others? We've been hiding ever since. We've been hiding ever since. We hide. We protect ourselves. Truth is, we can barely tolerate our own nakedness, much less someone else's nakedness. We need protection, clothes, doors, words to cover for the salt false self. Total openness is not possible. As a young woman of faith, I was shocked to find this fact out in Christendom. 
yes, I was very naive. I thought that I could say whatever I wanted to with my brothers and sisters in Christ because we were all one forged in God. We moved to the bedroom next door, but before we do, um, I want to talk a little bit about this hiding that happens. And we'll talk about the bedroom when we're next together. When we are not engaged and not forgiven, not willing to be what God asks of us, we hide. We hide from ourselves. We hide from God. We hide from each other. I will never forget many decades ago that David and I had very cross words. And I usually say that I'm the one who's more cross, more willing to say the cross word first. But I left the room we were in, and I went into our bedroom, and I went in to get in the tub, and I closed the door. I'll never forget it. I thought, why am I closing the door? Because I was hiding from David. Not physically. I mean, he comes in and out of the bathroom when I'm in the tub. But that night, I was really mad at him, and he was really mad at me. And I... I I all of a sudden got it. It wasn't about my nakedness or about my vulnerability, about my nakedness or about my body. It's about my nakedness inside. And we had had a hard time. And so I was not going to let him see me naked. Does any of that touch at a core of who you are? Bathsheba was bathing nakedly on the rooftop. The king saw her. His eyes should have been, as history accounts, out at the battlefield with his troops. But he was at home for whatever reason. And he was looking at a woman he should not have been looking at. We know the rest of that story. But there are a lot of times when we're naked together, like men in sports showers. Unless, of course, you're the coach, or in the military, you're the sergeant. And you know what happens with privilege comes privacy. You don't have to get in the shower with all the guys. You get in your own bathroom, and now you're the sergeant or the colonel. We train and teach cleansing in the sink, in the toilet, in the tub, in the shower, washing and ridding ourselves of accumulated dirt, toxic things inside of our body. Wash your hands so you don't spread the COVID-19. I want to bring this home to you. The natural body cleansing is a picture of the cleansing of our souls. Frequently, privately, fully, and completely. Can I say that again? This natural body cleansing that happens in our bathrooms is a picture of the cleansing of our souls. We do it frequently and privately, fully and completely. We wash and purge ourselves and then we go out to greet others. I told the story about my mother last week when it came to entertaining she was always in the bathtub when guests came because she took care of everything else first and herself last. I do not recommend this, ladies. If you are entertaining, take your shower in the morning, get your makeup on as best as you can. You may want to change your clothes. Probably not. Just put an apron over what you're wearing. Be ready for the people when they come to the door. We wash and purge ourselves, and then we go out to greet others. Human intercourse human intercourse is seeing one another face to face. 
without salad in my teeth, my hair tousled from bed. Can I suggest that this picture found in the bathroom can also be the picture found in your soul? Are you washing it fully and completely? Are you cleansing it? Are you doing it privately before your God? Don't go out into public with wrath, lust, envy, anger, and all the other deadly sins. Purge yourself clean. Have acts of purity, disciplines to allow you to present yourself clean and full of the image of God. The bathroom's privacy is a gift, and so is the privacy of your prayer place. Go out and be regular users of both. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Thank you for listening. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommon day of cleansing yourself.